Are you happy to be here? Yeah. Ready for a party? Yeah. It's been three years since we had Easter here together. Our organist this morning, uh, Sheila, called in. She was not feeling well this morning, so about a half an hour before that early service, Carl jumped in. He said, one of us has to play the organ. <laughs> and we went with Carl. Uh, so thank you, Carl. Thank you, Ron. And thank you to our choir who's going to be singing this morning. And thank you for being here. You can cast off those grave clothes because he is risen. You can shake off the pandemic blues because he is risen. You can leave shame and regret in the tomb and come out because it's Easter morning. And the table is set and going to greet us and welcome us to this feast of victory for our God. He is risen. I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house on this Easter morning, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We join our great organist, Carl, in singing our opening hymn, Jesus Christ is Risen Today.
continue with our Easter morning responsive reading will be projected for you. On Good Friday, now the power of death is broken. On Good Friday, now it is a symbol of life. The tomb was full. We have come to God's house. We have come to God's house. We have come to God's house. It is Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It is Easter. And we are Easter people. Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Our hymn of praise now. Christ is alive. Let Christians sing. sent forth the sunshine to greet us on this Easter morning. It is the sunshine of a promised new day. Open our hearts and minds that we may be set free. Call us out of our tombs and resurrect us to a new and abundant life. Blessed mightily and blessed to be a blessing, we give you thanks and praise in the name of our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. And we move now to the uh, proclamation, our Easter gospel. Andy. Good morning. The gospel reading from the 24th chapter of Luke. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. 
The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He is risen. He is risen indeed. As the choir comes forward, I will tell you that we are going to sing a, uh, a song which is based on an old African-American spiritual. Uh, it's called Easter Song, but it's also called The Angel Rolled the Stone Away.
thank you the choir the choir's back it's been a long time wonderful to have you back singing thank you thank you for everyone who's coming up out this morning good to be together on this easter good to have the church so full good to be together he is risen Easter in the Eastern Orthodox Church is a time to tell jokes. You see, on Good Friday, it seemed like the devil had won. Jesus was dead, his followers were hiding in darkness, and the tomb was full. But then Easter came, and here comes the punchline of the joke. The tomb was empty. Death would not have the last word. The joke was on the devil. Jokes. A Jewish rabbi and a Catholic priest met at the town's annual 4th of July picnic. Old friends, they began their usual banter. Rabbi, I have to tell you, this baked ham is the best I've ever had. You really ought to try it. I know, I know it's against your religion, but I can't understand why such a wonderful thing should be forbidden for you. You don't know what you're missing, Rabbi. You've not lived until you've tried Mrs. Hall's prize-winning Virginia baked ham. So tell me, Rabbi, what do I have to do to get you to try it? The Rabbi smiled and said, okay, okay, I will try it. No fruit should be forbidden for a man. So I will try it at your wedding, Father Murphy. One more joke, one more, don't encourage me, one more, and I'll tell you it's one more they didn't get at the early service, so we'll see what happens here. There was a Catholic priest, a Lutheran pastor, and a rabbit walked into a bar, and the rabbit said, I must be a typo. <laughs> yeah, they told me not to do it at the service too, but... You know, bad jokes are a part of the tradition here. <laughs> Last week was Palm Sunday. We raised our palm branches. We sang hosannas. We remembered how Jesus entered Jerusalem. Coming down off the Mount of Olives on a pathway that's known today as a Palm Sunday road. Palm Sunday begins with this joyful parade. The expectations are high. People are hopeful. There's electricity in the air. Perhaps God is up to something. Perhaps our lives are about to get better. Perhaps this Jesus might really be the Messiah. Maybe this Jesus will lead us in a revolution that will free us from the power of Rome and those who oppress us in poverty. Yes, the day begins with these grand expectations, but then as the week goes on, those expectations are not met. And light is replaced with darkness, and joy gives way to sorrow, and anger leads to violence. Expectations are not met. And by the end of the week, all hope is lost. All dreams are shattered. Death takes Jesus and death stalks the rest of us. It was Palm Sunday, 1865. Our nation had been through the darkest days of the Civil War, the war between the states, a war fought on our own soil. The Civil War pitted state against state, brother against brother, father against son. It dragged on for four years. Over 600,000 people had lost their lives. The South had been laid waste. A weary and divided nation buried their sons. It was Palm Sunday, 1865. 
at the Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia. Robert E. Lee would surrender the Army of Northern Virginia to General Ulysses S. Grant. The Civil War was over. Slavery was over. The fighting would stop. The burning of homes, farms, and cities would stop. After four long years, there was hope and celebration. It was Palm Sunday, 1865, the day the Prince of Peace had entered Jerusalem humbly on a donkey, and now the day when peace returned to a once again United States of America. It was Palm Sunday, but the light and hopefulness of Palm Sunday would soon give way to the darkness of Holy Week. Yes, there was one more death to come, one more death. One more would lay down his life for the people. On Good Friday, April 15, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln was dead. Now the truth is, folks, and I don't have to tell you this, you know it, you live it, we live in a Good Friday world. Just read the morning headlines this morning or any other morning. We are Good Friday people and we are always looking for hope, hoping for Easter, for light, for relief, for promise. Our story this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. You just heard Andy read it. It is for sure a supernatural story, but more than that, I think it's a, a very human story. A story where we encounter people who look and act like we do. It is a story of unmet expectations. And if we open our hearts and minds this morning, we will find ourselves in this human story. 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, it was a Sunday morning. It was the first day of the week, the Sabbath, which runs from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, was over now. It was a Sunday morning. That means it was a work day. At early dawn, the women came. They had not slept. They could not rest. In deep sorrow, they managed just to put one foot in front of the other. They were still crying. They were still in shock. You see, their 30-something rabbi, teacher, and friend had been brutally beaten and executed. At early dawn, they walked out of the Damascus Gate. They exited the relative safety of the city. And as a new day was dawning, the women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and a few others, came to the tomb. And their load? Their load was heavy, very heavy, literally and figuratively. Sorrow, grief, despair, and spices weighed them down. Spices to anoint the body. You see, Jesus had been buried in a hurry on that Good Friday. He had been buried in a hurry because the Sabbath was about to begin. He had to be buried hastily and placed in the tomb. And now the women were coming. They were coming to finish this solemn task. To do what? To anoint a mutilated body. They arrived at the tomb. They discovered that the, tomb had been, the stone had been rolled away. And they wondered, why would anyone do such a thing? Could Jesus not even find peace in death? 
The stone had been rolled away. The women entered the tomb carved out of bedrock. It was dark and it was cold inside. And the women were perplexed, you see, because the body was not there. They expected to encounter death. They expected to find Jesus in the tomb. But the tomb was empty. And suddenly two angels stood in their midst. Could it have been the same angel who had appeared to Mary in Nazareth some 30 years earlier? Could it have been the same angels who had terrified the shepherds in the hills around Bethlehem on a starry Christmas Eve? The women were perplexed and understandably terrified. And I think it's safe to say that we all would have been perplexed and terrified. Let's be honest, folks. Let's be honest. When we visit a graveyard, when we bring flowers to the tomb of our loved ones, we kind of expect that our deceased loved ones are going to stay put. Do we not? But on Easter, the tomb was empty. The angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? But the women said, sir, Jesus is dead. We saw him die. We placed him here. We watched as the tomb was sealed. We have seen death before. We know death when we see it. Where is his body? And the angel said again, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you in the Galilee that the Son of Man would suffer and be handed over to sinners and crucified and on the third day rise again? Oh, yes, the women remembered his words all right. But the words when they were spoken in the Galilee some weeks earlier were incomprehensible. And now as they heard the words again, they were still mostly incomprehensible. Death. It's part of our journey. We understand death. We expect death. We experience it, and all of us have stood at graveside before. But the dead tend to stay put, do they not? Resurrection 2,000 years ago. And today it's still a little hard to get our heads around resurrection. The women then left the empty tomb. There was nothing there for them. It held nothing for them. So what did they do? They retraced their steps, accompanied Not alone, they were together, but also the twins were there. You remember the twins. Faith and doubt. Faith on one shoulder, doubt on the other. Their pace quickened. They were fueled by adrenaline and some measure of hope. They slid in through the Damascus Gate as the city was just waking up. They joined the grief-stricken disciples behind locked doors. And the women, on that first Easter, the women became the first evangelists, the first witnesses of the resurrection, the first to proclaim Easter. They told the men all that they had seen, all they had heard, but the men did not believe them. They dismissed their words. They discounted the report. They reasoned that the dead don't come back to life. The women were hysterical, and this was nothing more than an idle tale. But Peter... You remember Peter, the one who had denied Jesus three times. He got up and he began to run. Just three days earlier, he had run into the darkness of the night weeping. Now he was running against hope to the tomb. And as he arrived there, he's totally out of breath. And he saw that the stone had been rolled away. 
He looked in the tomb and he saw that it was indeed empty. There was nothing there except folded grave clothes. Peter went home. He went home amazed at what he had seen, but not really sure what to make of it. The hopefulness of Palm Sunday had given way to Holy Week, the darkness of Holy Week. But now the sun had rose on Easter morning, and it seemed that hope had been reborn. Life had come out of death. Just maybe this resurrection was real. That's our story, and it's a supernatural story, but at the same time, it's a distinctly human story, too. So I might ask you, April 17th, 2022, coming out of a pandemic, I might ask you, how is your distinctly human journey going? Has your life played out as you expected? Have you experienced deep sorrow? Have you been perplexed, discouraged, and downright terrified? Can you find the strength this morning to be hopeful when life has let you down over and over and over again? Can you risk being hopeful when those who were supposed to love you have disappointed you and betrayed you? Can you be hopeful on this Easter even as you face death, disability, or a less than certain future. Yes, the Easter story is a uniquely human story. We find ourselves in the doubting disciples. We find ourselves in the perplexed women. We find ourselves often terrified. And every human being, every one of us, is more alike than different. The rich and the poor, the educated and uneducated, the Muslim, the Jew, and the Christian, the gay and the straight, we are more alike than we are different. We are afraid. We are lost. We are insecure. And perhaps the most frightening of all, we are sometimes very unsure. Unsure that God cares unsure that God is listening, unsure maybe that God even exists. And if you find yourself in any of these places, I want to tell you this morning, welcome to the human family. But Easter would mark a new beginning for those lost in betrayal and shame and doubt and darkness. Now the years ahead would be filled with miracles. The teachings of Jesus would be shared in every corner of the Roman Empire. But there would also be great persecution and violence. There would be Christian martyrs by the thousands. There would be no shortage of crosses and gladiators and prison cells for Christians. But hope would lead the Christian church forward. Fear would not win the day. And the movement started by Jesus would change the world. And thanks to you, that movement is now changing our island for the better. Palm Sunday. 1865. There was reason for hope that day, but five days later on Good Friday, 1865, our nation was rocked to its core by the death of our president. And the years ahead would be called Reconstruction. And most historians would say that the Reconstruction period was nearly as dangerous, as violent, and as unsettling as the Civil War itself. Truth be known, our nation is still suffering from the Civil War. Our nation is still suffering from Reconstruction. 
Yes, the sin of the parents are visited upon the third and fourth generation of those who follow. 157 years after the South surrendered, we still have not come to grips with what was supposed to be the foundational truth of our new nation, that all men and women are created equal. The fever that put Jesus on that cross, the fever that seeks to enslave the black man, the immigrant, the migrant, the poor, and the hungry, it is still alive. And we must resist the temptation to sink back into the darkness of Holy Week. And we must live into the resurrection. I want to suggest just a couple takeaways as you leave this morning. As you think about your life going forward and what we've talked about. And the first would be, I really encourage you to manage your expectations. Here's the deal. The world is really hard for everybody. The human journey is difficult for everybody. Potholes, betrayal, misplaced loyalty, bankruptcy, disease and disability, they are a reality for every person, every family. So expect it. And it does not matter how good you are. It does not matter how carefully you plan. And it does not matter how much you love Jesus. You should expect seasons of darkness in times of trial. Manage your expectations, but hold on to hope. The message of Easter tells us not to lose hope even when any logical reason for hope is absent. God reminds us that darkness always gives way to light and the seasons are always changing. And even in the midst of our deepest despair, God comes to us and says, do not be afraid. You are not alone. It'd be easy to look at our messed up world, our warming climate, the war in Ukraine, the suffering of civilians and politicians who prioritize party over people. It'd be pretty easy to read those headlines and conclude that all hope is lost. It might be easy to consider our loveless marriages or our prodigal children or our hopeless finances and just give up. But Easter calls us forth when there is no reason for hope. Easter stares down death and says, hold on, hold on to hope. Look around this morning. You're not alone. We are in this together. Do not be afraid. You are not alone. Now, Good Friday is going to come for all of us. But when our life on earth is complete, the hand of the one who defeated death is going to reach out to us. We will take that nail-scarred hand, and Easter will be ours. The trees shall clap their hands. The dry lands shall gruss with springs. The hills and mountains shall break forth with singing. And we shall go out in joy. We will be led forth in peace. And all the world in wonder echoes shalom. Happy Easter, my friends. He is risen. We're going to sing that hymn right now. Light dawns on a weary world. I'd invite you to stand.
peace of the Lord be with you. As you share the peace this morning, say, you're not alone. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Sorry to uh, break up that good energy, but uh, we have an egg content at 1015. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. After the service, uh, the youth are serving breakfast in the gym. You go down the hallway and come in. So if you'd like to have breakfast, uh, breakfast is served after the service. At 10.15, there'll be an Easter egg hunt as well for our children, and we're very excited for that. It should be lots of fun to either take part or just watch the young people uh, in that. Uh, what do you think of our chancel display here? Amazing. So when the uh, Good Friday service ends on Friday night, everything is stark. Everything's gone here. It's totally stark. And then the crew comes in, and Verna Lawson and her crew, and they put this all together. And it's absolutely beautiful. Becky Ladd Loomis comes in and puts in the pyramids, and we're so thankful for that as well. So uh, really blessed by the, the multiple gifts that we have here in the parish. Um, we also are thankful to you for the over $75,000 we've collected for the Ukraine right now, so to help refugees. We have uh, already sent $75,000 on to Eastern Europe, and we'll continue to send that money as it comes in. Uh, we don't pass the plate anymore. There's an offering box out in the narthex, and there's also some fancy QR code. I don't know what Q or R means, but uh, there it is on the back of your uh, bulletin that can help you as well. It's the only time we let you use a phone in church. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we do thank you for supporting the church that we might support the most vulnerable uh, in our community. Next week, we go back to services at 8 and 10.30, in, and uh, Sunday school and adult education at 9.10. Now, a word about Holy Communion. If you haven't done this for a while, not in this way, the ushers are going to help you come down the center aisle. On each side of our little Jordan River there you'll, uh, will be stations to serve you. You will receive the host, hold on to it momentarily, and then you will intinct it, dip it into the chalice of your choice. The first chalice of wine, the second chalice will have grape juice. So uh, that's how that will work. And most importantly, uh, know that everyone is welcome, always, always welcome here at uh, Trinity Lutheran Church. We're going to move towards the table. As we move towards the table, we're going to have a transitional hymn, I Come With Joy.
I come with joy, a child of God, forgiven, loved, and free. A life of Jesus to recall, in love laid down for me. In love laid down for me. I come with Christians far and near to find as My friends, my neighbors, visitors and strangers, the table has been set for you. The table does not belong to the Lutherans. It's not Pastor Jim or Carl's table. We just work here. The altar guild sets the table at the command of our host, and our only host is Jesus Christ. Jesus invites you to come. Jesus invites you to hear words of grace and to remember the simple promises of God that you are loved, you are forgiven, and you're never alone. And it matters not this morning where you have been. It doesn't matter how long you've been away. It doesn't matter how many painful detours you have taken to arrive here this morning. You are welcome this day and always. So come in faith. Come in doubt. Come believing. Come in your skepticism. Come and meet Jesus in the bread and the wine. As we gather at this table we remember then a Thursday night in Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. Our Lord Jesus took the bread, broke it, and gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples, saying to them, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we drink of this cup and share bread together, Jesus has promised to be present with us in our joy and in our sorrow. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, gifts of God for you, the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing oh nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night You just call, call up my name, name And you know, know wherever I am I'll come running To see you again Winter, spring, summer or fall too dark and full of clouds and that 
stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. You're about to go out those doors, go out to make a difference in the world. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. Go out and find your places of ministry and service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the big ending. The big ending is a hymn, uh, Mine is the Church Where Everyone's Welcome. It's a statement we make to each other, an important statement that we make to the community. Uh, I know it's true because I got through the door, but there's more than that. You've got to multitask because to show that we work together, you're going to sing and keep these beach balls in the air at the same time. So are you ready? Let's do it. Mine is the church where everybody's welcome. serve the Lord. He is risen. shall go out of hope of resurrection 
We shall go out from strength to strength, go on. We shall go out and tell our stories boldly, tales of a love that will not let us go. We'll sing our songs of wrongs that can be righted. We'll dream our dreams of hurts that can be healed. We'll weave a cloth of all the world united within the visions of a Christ who sets us free. We'll give a voice to those who have not spoken. We'll find a word for those whose lips are sealed. We'll make the tunes for those who sing no longer, vibrating love alive in every heart. We'll share our joy with those who still are weeping, chant hymns of strength for hearts that break in grief. We'll leap and dance the resurrection story, including all within the circles of our love.